how do you know if what you're doing is working? And if we can't answer that question, it's time to pause everything until we can figure out how we will answer it. Because it's great that we care. It's great that in our hearts we're doing good work. But what really matters is how we made a difference in the lives of people who might be struggling against bias and prejudice and discrimination. Folks for whom DEI is for. If we are not tracking the impact that our DEI work is making, how do we even know that our DEI was worth it? That we made a positive impact at all? You're listening to A Recipe for Transformation with Krista Wilson, a podcast that helps build unique recipes to translate dignity and caring into equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist behaviors in the workplace, helping you transform them into ones that create an environment that fosters dignity, humanity, and respect for all your employees. Because leading transformations that stick require more than just knowing the words. It's about understanding why we are doing what we do and putting people first. My mom had many things. And uh, one of them was, what's your plan? What's your plan? And it didn't matter your title, where you were, or your age. This question would be asked. One time, she and I were talking in the car, driving from Jacksonville, Florida to Atlanta, Georgia. We were driving my nieces and nephews home to my sister's house. When she turned the radio down, she looked in the rearview mirror and she said to them, what's your plan? And by the way, they were maybe 10, 8, and 7. (laughs) Now, my mom was the diversity director and director or manager, I should say, of uh, human resources for AT&T for a very long time. And a lot of what I learned from her about diversity and how it plays out in organizations is that it can be a reactive afterthought from organizational leadership. And even in her role as a Black woman who was raised in segregation, who had a lot of thoughts and experience in what diversity And they didn't say equity and inclusion back then, but that was embedded in her approach. What she brought to the table was that it needed to be thoughtful and mindful and in a comprehensive plan. Now, my mom's been gone for almost 16 years now, and I often wonder what she would think about how diversity, equity, and inclusion is going down these days and how it's so commonplace in so many organizations now. So taking that and my mom's what's your plan question, I can't help but bring that question into every engagement that I'm in. And in my work with clients, I've seen plans that have varying degrees of details, different levels of structure, some with graphic design, some on a Google Doc. And I've seen many clients that don't have a DEI plan at all. For those of us who want to create organizations that are irresistible, organizations where people thrive, where there is diversity, equity, and inclusion, and even belonging, we need a plan to help us know exactly what we're going to do 
to help us know what activities are going to be the best choice for us to get to our goals and to know if any of it made a difference at the end of the day. So I'm talking about a comprehensive plan to help our organizations become irresistible, a place where justice and equity and diversity and inclusion and belonging are embedded in the company's operation. It's in the DNA. It is what we eat and breathe and sleep, and it is just the way of doing work around here. But we have to have a plan to get us there, a plan with real goals and strategies connected to those goals. And we have to have metrics, measures of success to help us know if we are on the right track. I had a client come to me with this just beautiful vision of the kind of organization they wanted to create. And in this vision, it had all the right elements. They had the language. They wanted to become an anti-racist organization. They told me they want to become an organization where people feel like they can belong. They said they want to be an organization that they can be a model for other organizations that are just like them in their sector. And they told me that they want to be inspired and they want to inspire others. And that inspired me to want to take them on as a client because they had such a clear articulation of who they wanted to be. Their identity of themselves as an organization was so clear. I wanted to be on that team. I wanted to be in that orbit. And so as we started talking about how I might be able to support them and how other members of my team might be able to support some of their initiatives, they started to talk about things like training and other consultation and advisement services. They noted that they wanted to build the skills of staff. And so they hired me to develop training and learning environments. They reflected that they wanted to revamp their entire professional development pathways. And that's everything from recruitment and job postings to internal professional development and promotions. And so they hired me and then an HR consultant and lawyer to make sure it was airtight and also equitable. I then reviewed some of the other activities that they had messaged to me. Things like, what is their DEI vision and how did that get written up and promoted to internal and external stakeholders? They talked about wanting to have a development, really, of an internal community to support DEI. And they had a few other activities as well. And as they were kind of rattling off these DEI activities, I thought it's getting kind of hard to keep track of all the things they're wanting to do. And it's hard to make the connection for, one, how they're all interconnected and how it's going to help them achieve this goal of becoming an anti-racist organization where DEI is flourishing in every way, in their culture, in their norms and practices. So I asked them to share with me their DEI plan, just whatever they have written down or however it looks, less concerned with the template and format. I just wanted to see all of what they verbally shared in their plan. And they shared after a little bit of a pause that they didn't have a DEI plan. And so even though this organization had all these amazing elements of their DEI work, they had this vision, they were doing activities even before I got there, and they had contracted us to do some activities as well, they didn't quite have it all worked out in a plan to know if the sum of all the activities and investments they were doing were actually going to get them where they wanted to be. 
And so here's the thing. When you create a plan, it becomes the tool that everyone can look at and see. And it can help everyone understand how all these puzzle pieces go together. It helps everybody see how each investment, every intervention, every action fits together. And after you do a DEI diagnostic to understand where you are, what's the current state of DEI affairs in your organization, then it's time to figure out what's the one, two, three of how you're going to get to where you want to go. And so your DEI plan becomes your guidebook. It's almost like, and maybe this is because I live not too far from Hollywood, it's almost like the plan becomes your screenplay for your organization. It tells the entire story of who will help you get to where you're going. What are the changes that you want to see? Who's the cast of characters? Are there any villains that you have to strategize around? And what's the kind of supportive environment that you want to be at the other side of your plan once it's all been implemented? I know in working with my clients that sometimes the DEI activities that people choose to do is based on what they see others doing or what they've read about. And sometimes it's a reaction to something happening in real time that needs immediate action. Sometimes I call that there's a fire that's burning and it has to get put out right now. But what that can mean when we're too reactive and not planful is that our DEI interventions can become these disconnected activities where we're putting resources and time into things and we actually don't know if it's getting us closer to who and what we want to be. And very rarely is there someone that's looking up from high above like an eagle-eye view and looking down to see how all of these pieces may be working with each other or against each other. And so sometimes the DEI work is just a set of disconnected activities that no one's really tracking to know if, if anything's better off because of what we've done. And so in the end, these activities may be doing nothing to actually create the more diverse, equitable, or inclusive organizations that you're wanting to create in the first place. For example, sometimes it can be three departments in one organization doing DEI-related work that's duplicating resources, but not duplicating the impact. And sometimes those same departments can be working at cross-purposes, creating confusion among staff or stakeholders. And sometimes there might even be an illusion that there's diversity, equity, inclusion, or belonging being generated, but people aren't really sure. And so I ask this question. How do you know if what you're doing is working? And if we can't answer that question, it's time to pause everything until we can figure out how we will answer it. How do we know if what we're doing is working? I was recently on vacation in the Caribbean, and I got to tell you, my place of healing and restoration is if I can float someplace in a turquoise ocean. That's the mermaid in me as a scuba diver. And I was floating in this ocean and I met this gentleman from New Jersey who asked me where I grew up because I said a word that was familiar and he placed me in Georgia, which was true. And then he asked me, how do I navigate that 285? Let me tell you about this freeway called 285. In Atlanta, there's a bunch of freeways, but I would say the most famous is this 285 loop. 
It's essentially a big circle, and the city of Atlanta is in the middle of this circular freeway. And if you drive on 285, you can be driving straight. Just keep in your car with your foot on the gas, and you could drive for 32 hours thinking that you're going somewhere. Music playing, foot's on the gas, driving, 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 and you'll be going in a total circle from morning till night. Even though you were driving continuously, you didn't get anywhere. You're still in Atlanta. You just went in a circle. Alternatively, if you were on that same 285 loop freeway and then you exited 20 West, and you just kept your foot on that gas and just went straight. Yeah, the freeway names will change, but if you just keep going straight with your foot on the pedal, in that same 32 hours, you will end up in California. You will have made forward motion that moves you to a new destination with no backtracking. This is the thing about a plan. For most organizations, When you're doing just what you know, random or disconnected activities, it's kind of like driving in that car in the 285 loop where you think you're going somewhere, but you're really just driving in a circle. You're doing some activities, but you haven't left your location. You might not be any closer to becoming that irresistible, diverse, equitable, or just organization. And the thing of it is, because our days are so full and so programmed and people are experiencing burnout at levels that are too great to ignore. And the demand on people's times is somehow worse, even through COVID when people are working at home and it should be less, we don't even realize that we're in this loop, that these DEI activities may not be getting us any closer to the vision that we have. And this is why having the map is so critical. The map is the plan. And when you have the plan, you can start to see where you are and where everyone else is. You can start to see what's being done and how that activity is connected to the larger vision for change. You can start to see how DEI is resourced, and that means staff resources and budget. You can start to see how you'll measure success and who is involved in all aspects of the organization's DEI work. That's the supporters, who has to be consulted, who's leading each particular effort, and who has the ultimate decision-making authority, and who's tracking our success measures. This is what a plan can do. It can help bust us out of this loop and make sure that we all knew our role and the place and where we're heading. Now, I got to say that a lot of organizations, even if they do create the plan, it can sometimes become this static thing that lives on a digital shelf that people may or may not revisit. Sometimes that can be the allure of creating a plan. You know, oh, well, we created one, we're done. But that's not what I want you to get from this planning conversation. Yes, we want a plan, but we also want a planner's mindset. That means 
The plan that you've created is the best guess of what can work based on the information that you had at the time of the creation. And so the plan is more like a living, breathing document that changes with new information and new skills and new realities. And as you accomplish one thing, you move on to the next element of the plan. And that means you should be checking in on the plan regularly. And I don't mean just you as an individual, your committee, whoever's working to implement this DEI plan. And here's the reality. Sometimes the thing that we thought was a good idea in the beginning didn't really work. So we need to revise. We need to try something else. Plans should be adapted as needed to help you accomplish your DEI vision. We have to be nimble to be able to change the circumstances in our organization to promote and advance diversity, equity, and inclusion. Do you feel like you're getting some amazing pearls of wisdom on this episode? At Wilson & Associates, our mission is to help folks like you promote dignity and care at work, to transform workplaces into ones that are equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist. We believe that it's more than knowing the catchphrases. This transformation requires understanding why we are doing what we do, doing it with integrity, and centering our humanity and joy along the way. This podcast is just one of the many ways we feed our mission. At Wilson & Associates, we help our partners create fun, supportive, and innovative spaces where our collective humanity is nurtured, our imagination is sparked, and we co-create recipes for advancing racial justice and equity. We know there's a well of information on DEI out there and it can be a little overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. The simplicity lies in creating your own recipe for transformation. We aim to put humanity and dignity back into DEI and our workplaces so that we can create environments where each of us can thrive. So head over to our website at wilson-and-associates.com to find out more about how we can help you and your organization. You can take our self-assessment that can help you explore the different dimensions of DEI in your own organization and determine the best starting point to find your own recipe for transformation at deidiagnostic.com. You can find all our links in the show notes. And let's transform the face of DEI into the face of dignity together. I want to give an example about what it looks like to be nimble in real life. I worked with an organization once that was looking to develop an internal racial justice and equity department. And within that department, they would be responsible for creating the plan for the whole organization about how to advance racial justice, equity, and inclusion. So I was brought in and to do a series of focus groups and listening sessions with the staff. And one of the focus areas that emerged for the plan was that the organization had to address their diversity gap. What emerged was that the organization became less and less diverse as you moved up in the organizational chart. So roughly about 20% of the top of the org chart, so managers, directors, and the C-suite, 
they didn't have a single African-American person in leadership. Even though there were African-American folks in you know, the entry-level positions on up to that leadership, and then the representation diminished. So while the organization had a three-year initiative and a plan for how to diversify their recruitment, their hiring, their internships, and there had been gains made, they needed to refine this plan. They needed to address the diversity at the very top of the organization. And so after a diagnostic to assess why there were no African-Americans in leadership, the organization then had to do a strategy to address this major issue. They had to figure out why was there an internal and an external Black talent pool, and yet somehow there was a blind spot in the organization that was preventing those talents to make it into leadership in the organization. So this is what it means to be nimble. You can have a goal, for example, to diversify the organization, but when you find out that the diversity gaps are at the top, you have to be nimble and make a new goal. The new goal being diversify leadership. And as an organization, you have to be open to amending it when new information and a new focus area comes to the table. So what I want to do, I want to provide some key tips in creating a DEI plan that I have collected over the last really 25 years of strategic planning and strategic planning specifically around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So the first things first, I want you to think about who creates the plan. So, so much of change management talks about the importance of having the right people on what's named as often the guiding team. So that's my first recommendation is to create a guiding team, a group of folks that represent a cross section of your organization. I want you to think about diversity of identities, departments and roles and power. They're going to make sure that this plan is robust. Once you have your crew to help you create this plan, then you've got to think about what goes into the plan. So my firm has a nine-step DEI planning process, and we have a plan template too. But I wanted to distill all of that into at least the essential three. What are the essential three ingredients that I think can help you in your own recipe for creating a DEI plan? So of my nine, here are the essential three. The first, develop goals. So as you think about a goal, your goal is the aim. It's your desired result. So here's a goal from a real client of mine. They said, by January of 2022, we will create an equitable and inclusive work environment free of harassment and bullying. So that goal, when you heard it, you might've asked yourself, well, how will they create an equitable and inclusive work environment? And how will they make it free of harassment and bullying? When you hear a goal and you ask yourself, how will they do that? You know you have a good goal. Because a goal doesn't tell you all the specifics of what will be done or how it will be done. It just describes a desired result or the aims, the future state. So for your plan, you'll need to think about what are the specific changes or improvements that you want to make. 
And you also want to think about how does your organization's DEI goal connect to your overall organizational mission and vision for change? The second ingredient for your DEI plan, you've got to think about strategies. So for my client who wanted to create an inclusive and equitable work environment free of harassment and bullying, they had to then figure out how were they going to make that happen? So was training the answer? Was it revising the employee handbook or creating a new HR policy? Did they need to coach managers? When you create your goal, you then need to figure out the what and the how to get to your goal. And that's the strategy and the activities that you have to create. So some prompts to help you think about this are, what are the improvements you want to make? And what are the activities or tactics or investments that will help you get there? Another more provocative question that some of my clients maybe get shaken or rattled when I ask this is what needs to be interrupted or disrupted for diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging to thrive in your workplace? And this is part of that framework that I have to advance DEI in organizations where I say, we have to have a step about telling the truth. And telling the truth means that the reason that DEI is not thriving in our organizations and the reason that our organizations aren't fully irresistible yet is because we have harmful behaviors and practices and policies in our organizations right now. And so we've got to interrupt and disrupt those practices, get rid of them. We've got to change it all up. And so we have to disrupt our bad habits, our old ways of thinking, our biases, the societal advantages that come with our advantaged identities. All of that that has created the need for us to have DEI in the first place. Sometimes this interruption can look like calling out bad behaviors or calling in bad behaviors, depending. Sometimes it looks like we have to call in and name the way that systems of supremacy, for example, like patriarchy, shows up in an organization. So I have a client and one of their strategies is to examine pay equity. They have a pay band However, they do know that women are paid less in their organization than men. They haven't done the data yet for non-binary folk, but I know the data that they've shared is women are paid less than men. So their tactic could be to raise the wages of women, but how can they make sure that in 10 years, there's still not a wage gap between men, non-binary folk, and women? This is what the interruption is going to require us to do is to examine why was there pay inequity in the first place? Do we devalue women? And is that perhaps one of the underlying reasons why there was a wage gap? And if so, what can we do structurally to ensure that that doesn't happen? So this is about interrupting. It can look like changing the way that we think and behave and really getting to the heart of the inequities that we might see. And sometimes interrupting looks like changing out staff. That could be staff members or even leadership, changing them into new positions or even inviting them to leave the organization. 
because they're getting in the way. They're an actual barrier to the DEI goals we have in place. The plans that we've been talking about are ways to help us create the kind of organizations that we've never experienced before. We're literally creating something from our imaginations that we've never seen. Diverse, equitable, inclusive organizations where we can thrive as whole human beings. This is wild and exciting, but it's something that's new. We're turning these dreams for equity into actions that are half data-driven plans and half experimental, but 100% a hope for a better future. So we've got to lean into doing the best planning that we can on the front end. So the third element of a plan that I'm inviting you to include when you make your own DEI plan for your organization is to include measures of success. Now, while I was in a leadership role at a large public organization in the mid-2000s, I had the opportunity to build upon my past evaluation experience and attend a training for a relatively new evaluation methodology that was apparently easy enough for non-evaluators. And I was super curious because I came from a background where evaluations were labor-intensive and a drag, really. And so the trainer invited us to think about the results we wanted to see at the end of all the good stuff we wanted to do. And she asked us a question, which was, how do we hold ourselves accountable to the results that we're trying to create? This evaluation methodology was called Results-Based Accountability. And the book that she taught us from was called Trying Hard Isn't Good Enough. And I remember thinking how bold that title was. Even now, I meet with people all the time who will say, well, we tried hard or we meant it in a good way. But what evaluation challenges us to do is to not just rely on good intentions, but actually look at whether or not we made good impacts. I base so much of my own intuitive thinking on the same general evaluative questions that were posed in that book. And even if you were to ask any of my clients, they will tell you I ask them on a regular basis. I'll ask them things like, when you do DEI, how would you know if your strategies are working? I recently asked a client, if you implement the DEI activities in your plan, What would you see to know that you were on the right track? Most people just get into the action of implementing activities and bypassing these evaluative questions. But as the author of the book, Mark Friedman, would ask, is that good enough? Because no matter how hard we try or how good our intentions are, we have to focus on our vision for change. Have we made diversity? equity, or inclusion gains in our organization. And so that's why this evaluation component of a DEI plan is so important to me and such a huge recommendation that I offer for you. Because it's great that we care. It's great that in our hearts we're doing good work. But what really matters is how we made a difference in the lives of people who might be struggling against bias and prejudice and discrimination folks for whom DEI is for. If we are not tracking the impact that our DEI work is making, how do we even know that our DEI was worth it, that we made a positive impact at all? 
I'm working with a client right now and I know that they want to get right to action. I know as a kid whose mom asked her about her plan since she was a little girl, and that same kid that I am that went to public policy and planning school, I understand that planning can feel like a DEI dream deferred. But this is just it. When we can get our DEI plans together, we can actually be in a better position to ensure that we get the DEI vision that we've dreamed of. I guess I'm just trying to bring some appeal, like some vivaciousness to planning. And I want to also name that I know we want fast results. I know that we have been living for too long under conditions that have stifled our thriving, that we aren't seen as whole people. And that there's a temptation to get right to these activities. But if we're not doing it in a mindful and connected way, then we can't be sure that we're actually getting closer to the vision that we have created for ourselves. I know we've lived and worked in conditions for so long that didn't support our wholeness. And that we're ready for a change. But if we don't make a plan and we don't work together to execute it, We may be no better off in a year than when we started. So to jumpstart your own planning, I want you to think about this. Whether you have a plan, you don't have a plan, or your plan's dusty and it hasn't been looked at in a long period of time, I want you to think about this question. If you had a magic wand and you could make an enhancement or change to your organization's DEI plan to ensure that there was more diversity, equity, and inclusion, what would you do? What would you change? What would you interrupt? Or what would you modify in that plan? I would love to hear your answer. You can share your answer with me on a link at www.recipefortransformation.com and join us in a conversation about what it looks like to be more planful with our DEI. Creating unique recipes for how people can experience dignity and also thrive at work is a mission that involves and requires all of us. If you felt moved to take action through this episode, I hope you'll subscribe and share this podcast with the people you know will benefit from it. You see, the more dignity and respect we can build into the workplace, the more we can create the kinds of environments that foster and celebrate our humanity. You can stay connected to and join us in this mission by visiting www.recipefortransformation.com. It's here you're going to find podcast episodes, resources to support your racial justice and equity work, and learn how you can hire my consulting firm to help leaders just like you build workplaces where people are treated with dignity, experience a sense of belonging, and have an opportunity to thrive. Every podcast episode and resource on the site will give you one more ingredient you can use to create your very own customized recipe for transformation for you, for those you work with, 
and your entire organization. This recipe is gonna help you create lasting change, more so than the old ways of DEI. We're counting on you to co-create the future that we need right now. Moving beyond the words, moving into purpose, and putting people first.